Here's what's coming up on today's show. Depending on what that person wants to have happen with their retirement account, that may require a a totally separate trust uh, to be the landing spot. Do you know what will happen to your loved ones when something happens to you? If you don't know the answer or don't like the answer, then this is the show for you. Listen up as we teach you about protecting your family legacy through better estate planning. Our family is here to protect yours. So welcome to the Complete Estate Planning Podcast with attorney Nick Rosenbauer. And here's your host, Ben George. Welcome into Complete Estate Planning. I'm Ben George. He's Nick Rosenbauer. He's an attorney and owner over at Rosenbauer Law Office. And we got another good show for you. This is the first, I think it's the first mailbag episode we're doing, right, Nick? I think that's correct. Uh, yes, this is the, the, the first time that we've done it where the whole episode has been uh, uh, questions submitted by you, all of our listeners. So we got to, uh, we, we have a bunch of them, and obviously I appreciate them. I can't answer all of them for because we get so many, uh, but we did pick, I think we got four of them lined up today, uh, all submitted by uh, listeners just like you. Yeah, so we appreciate that feedback as always. And and it gives us some content for the show, but uh, we know that these are some things that are on your mind. So hopefully it'll help somebody else out too that maybe has a similar question or thought as well. If you have anything you want to send in to us, you can do so at CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. That's also where you can schedule a call with Nick. There's a big orange button right there on the front of the site. Click that. It'll give you the, uh, you just follow the link, you get on this calendar, and you'll be set to go. But also while you're there, you can check out all of our podcasts. Plus there's a bunch of free resources like the estate planning checkup guide, five essential documents of a complete estate plan, and much more. So again, check it out, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. All right, we don't have names. These are all going to stay anonymous for uh, for our sake here, but we'll read them off and uh, let you answer here, Nick. So let's start with this one. Uh, is there any way that a company, charity, entity can use estate planning tools to protect the company's assets the same way individual persons can? Okay, great question. So basically what they're asking here is you know, can a company, you know, it's an entity of some sort, could be a church, charity, a for-profit company, you know, what do they do from an estate planning standpoint? And there's there's some similarities, right? Obviously, you know, people and companies are not the same, but they may have the same issues, okay? So if Rosenbauer Law Office could be in trouble if something were to happen to me, right? Who Who can sign the check to pay rent, to the landlord who can write payroll checks, right? I'm the guy who does it. Now, obviously, it depends on the size of the company. The larger the company, the more people have more, you know, I guess, ability to sign checks or perform job duties. But for smaller companies, a lot of times it's one person, two people, or a couple people who can do it. Mm -hmm. Um, So you have the same needs, at least from that standpoint, uh, for incapacity, allowing the show to go on. Uh, and then also protecting the assets of the company. So this would be the company's you know, money in their bank account, the company's building, um, if it's something that sells a product, all their inventory. So if I'm a car dealership, right, you know, and I have 15 cars on my lot, that's, that's an asset. That's something that's certainly worthwhile. Um, so a couple different things here uh, to keep in mind. During the incapacity or unavailability uh, of a manager or an owner, um, you want to have the ability for someone else to transact things. I actually have a power of attorney 
for the operation of my business. So if something happens and I got sick, my wife can act as power of attorney uh, and sign the payroll checks. You know, my staff much prefer to get paid than have payroll fall through um, and do things like that. I'll give someone else the authority to sign on the bank account, right? That's another that's another piece that's rather important. Um, and then as far as the asset protection, which I think was more, if I remember the original email, uh, what the considerations were were about, the first level of protection for the business, if we're not talking about the business protecting a human, but I'm just talking about the business or the charity, the other entity. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not an insurance agent, okay? So I want to do that disclaimer. I, I'm not licensed to sell insurance, nor am I an expert, but proper insurance is the first line of defense, whether it's liability insurance, uh, a business owner's policy, malpractice insurance is something that I have uh, here as an attorney. So have insurance for any issue, okay? That's that's the first line of defense if there is a problem. Um, you know, I have insurance if someone trips and falls in my office, if they fall in the parking lot, um, if I screw something up, right? Uh, like a, a malpractice type uh, insurance. Um, if I miss a filing deadline, you know, and it messes up someone's case, you know, what if uh, the building burns down and I can't operate the business? Um, so there's all these different things. Um, so proper insurance in every possible what if is good. And you want to work with an insurance expert on this, someone who does uh, commercial insurance and they specialize in you know professional services companies or factories or churches, whatever it may be. You need to make sure that that's your first line of defense and someone you want an expert who's dealt with your situation so they know what things that you need to be covered for. Okay, so a lot of these things, I remember my insurance agent, I didn't even know half the stuff he was asking me about. So work with an expert there. Um, Separately, um, you don't have, like a business doesn't really have a will or a trust uh, per se in most instances. So it doesn't really convert over the way it would uh, for individual people. Now, people, you know, can use a trust or a will to trans, you know, transact for a business. Um, but the business, usually insurance is good. Um, and then have the corporate structure set up the right way. So, you know, a limited liability company, that's a good way, uh, that, that's a good way to have, uh, to protect things. Sometimes it's multiple companies. Okay, we're actually uh, been in the process of moving uh, to a new uh, office uh, about a mile down the road. Uh, nice. We actually closed on that the last uh, within the last few weeks. Okay, and um, so I have a holding company that owns the building. Okay, and it's actually the law office doesn't own the building. Okay, the law office is not in property acquisition. Now the holding company is going to rent the building to the law office because the law office does need a place to go. But you separate out that liability because the law office doesn't need to be concerned with, you know, not doing snow removal properly or the parking lot having a pothole in it and it wrecks someone's car. 
Okay, well, that has nothing to do with the law office, and it shouldn't be the law office's fault. So you kind of divide and conquer liability. Um, so multiple entities for different things, um, that's usually the second line of defense above and beyond good insurance. And third, uh, Ben, this is a weird one, but I've had situations where people just, they use their business as a savings account. You know, I have someone who they don't have any money personally, but they have $300,000 sitting in their business main checking account. And they say, oh, well, I just pay my bills out of that if I need to. No need to have an extra bank account. Well, that's not good because the business has all the money and you don't. And if something happens within the business, then basically your personal savings account is at risk. Now, I'm not saying make the business broke. Uh, that's actually illegal and could be considered fraudulent. But I've had people who use a business lazily, I might add, you know, as their own, as a double thing. So the business is for the business and it's their personal savings account. So you just got to make sure everything is in the right place and doing the right thing. Gotcha. Good question. Thanks for sending that in to us. Uh, next question here. My estate planning attorney recommended a separate special trust just for my IRA account. Why would uh, anyone have a separate trust just for one account? Okay. Well, this is a good question. Um, the, it used to be, uh, the answer used to be more common um, until a couple years ago with the tax law changes. It used to be, and actually retirement accounts have very limited options uh, for you know what happens to them when someone dies. They normally name someone as a beneficiary and then uh, Fidelity or Edward Jones or whomever. Um, I guess we should stick with Fidelity, right? That's who we're waiting on sponsorship from. That's the one. I think, yeah. Okay. How's that working out? Um, Still working. they called you? Still okay. Got yeah. it. Got it. <laughs> um, so, um, but they they basically have a, a beneficiary designation where it's who gets this money when I die. And that's about it. Um, sometimes it's good to segregate um, an account, or if there's something that specifically needs to go to one person and you need to have some protections in place above and beyond setting it up to just pay to a beneficiary. Okay. Um, I've had people say they want, I want my IRA to be for my spouse, but I don't want to pay it to them outright. I just want it to be there as a backup for them. And if they pass away, then I want what's left to go to the kids. Um, so you pay it to a separate IRA trust, and they have retirement account trusts. And so the money's there. It's for the spouse. It's for their benefit, how you set it up. But instead of it being in their hands, you have the ability to protect and control it. Um, so again, it's like it's like extra customization and extra protection and extra control specifically for retirement accounts. Okay, so it's it can get complex, um, but depending um, but depending to the person who uh, sent it in, who sent the question in, depending on what that person wants to have happen with their retirement account, that may require a, a totally separate trust uh, to be the landing spot. Okay, good stuff. Good question there as well. All right, uh, third question for the show today. My wife and I both work jobs where we have liability concerns. What can we do to protect our estate from a future lawsuit? If we got sued, could they come after our personal assets? Yeah, that's a, that's another good one. So, for example, uh, a doctor 
uh, a lawyer, maybe someone who drives for a living, like someone who drives a school bus or drives a truck and could get in a car accident because they drive a thousand miles a day. You know, something like maybe a a public officer, political figure, a surgeon. You know, my 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 goodness, I I can't imagine. You hear about all these things where, you know, if I have a bad day, I have a typo, right? And then I need to use spell check to fix it. Um, someone who is you know doing surgery or something, they have a bad day. Things could be totally different. So you want to look at a um, couple things. One, personal insurance. Uh, and then also make sure that your company properly insures you, okay? So if you work at a big company, there's malpractice insurance or some sort of insurance through the company. Make sure that's in tip-top shape. Second, you want to make sure you have personal uh, protection as much as possible and talk to your insurance agent, whether it's just high liability limits, it could be an umbrella policy, that's an option as well, Um Third, you want to look at your estate plan. Okay, so the long story short is, in most cases, if sued, uh, they could come after your personal assets. Um, so, a couple things to keep in mind here: you can set up an estate plan, or at least uh, a, a piece of the estate plan, um, some sort of irrevocable trust. Uh, I know Ohio has a has a legacy trust, um, and a lot of states actually have a legacy trust option where you can have some control, uh, some ownership, um, but it is a limited access. It's not no access, but it limits your access legally so that it can't be uh, attacked, if you will, by a judgment or a creditor. Okay, so there's some advanced planning options there. Uh, also, you know, setting money up in even more restricted, like an irrevocable trust. Ben, I know we've talked about using that uh, to shield people from uh, going broke if they had to go into a nursing home. Um, but this would work for a lawsuit uh, as well. So, you know, some sort of trust with asset protection, basically sitting behind a wall of, you know, carefulness and proper insurance uh, probably work together. It's going to be your best shield. Okay. Very good. All right. One last question for you today on the podcast, Nick. I moved to a different state. I understand each state has different trust laws. However, I thought my medical documents were valid in all 50 states. Do I need new ones? Well, um, so the answer is is halfway on this. By law, they are still valid. Okay, so they're not void or invalid just by moving states. However, so legally they still work. That doesn't mean practically it's safe to be walking around with them. Okay, so here's what I mean by that. Imagine a scenario, uh, and I live in Ohio, of course, and I have my Ohio healthcare power of attorney, my Ohio living will. Uh, different states have different names for the documents, of course. If I get uh, in a car crash or if I have a stroke and I'm rushed to the hospital and I'm being rolled on the stretcher right to the emergency room, and my wife shows up or my wife calls and demands to know what's going on and says, I'm up, I'm here, what decisions do you have? I'll make them, okay? Um, they need to review the medical documents to see that she has authority to do that. And here in Ohio, we'll see the Ohio ones, no problem. They'll look at it really quickly and then they'll give the keys to her. 
Um, I think if I moved right across the river to northern Kentucky, where I'm from, maybe I head uh, back to good old Fort Thomas, then I'm sure if I went into St. Elizabeth Hospital there in Fort Thomas, Kentucky, it is five minutes from Ohio, I would not be worried that the doctors or the hospital administrators you know, are familiar with Ohio's medical directives. It's five minutes away. I'm sure they see it all the time. If I move to Florida, Ben, and then, you know, University of Florida Medical Center, I would be really, really nervous about whether or not they had seen Ohio medical documents and, and if that doctor, the one who was on the shift that day, had seen them. And if they didn't know what they were and they weren't familiar with them, what's probably going to happen? They're probably going to clam up and say, hey, we need to call a supervisor down here. I've never seen this before. Um, get uh, the, in, uh, the in-house counsel, the hospital attorney in here. Uh, well, he's on a conference call, uh, and then it's Friday afternoon. He'll be back on Monday, right? So you can see how they can be valid but they could cause confusion, they could cause headaches, they could cause delays. So I always say I recommend getting them updated for the state you live in. I am more you know, severe about my recommendation the further away you go. Um, if you said, Nick, I went right across the river and I guarantee that this hospital sees what I have every day, eh, I can probably live without it. But, you know, moving somewhere, the further away you go, the higher the risk of confusion or the medical staff in an emergency not immediately understanding how to do it. Okay, so I highly recommend it. But if you move across the river, I'm not going to scream at you if you decide to stick with what you got. Okay. Well, good stuff. That's it for the mailbag today. Again, if you have questions for us, always uh, send them in. CincinnatiEstatePlan.com is the best way to get in touch with Nick. And if you want to follow up on any of the questions we have and actually sit down with Nick and, and give more information and actually start estate plan for yourself and your family, you can always do that through the website. There's a schedule a call button there with Nick on the front, but you can also call 513-463-6789 to speak to Nick directly. All right, Nick, we'll wrap it up on that note again. Hopefully we'll get to know the mailbag episode down the road. I think it's good to kind of cover a, a wide range of topics and stuff that people are curious about, but thanks for answering each one of these for us. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to thank our listeners again for being great listeners and uh, continuing to come along the ride. And thanks for not um, unsubscribing. Uh, right when we did our tax, uh, when we did our tax session here uh, a few episodes ago, yeah. glad to have you back. Uh, if you did uh, take a break, uh, keep sending them in. Uh, absolutely, and obviously we can't get to all of them, uh, but we'll we'll do our best. And then uh, when we get a few good ones, maybe we'll do another episode with uh, with some of our listener questions. Outstanding. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Complete Estate Planning. Please subscribe to the show for Nick Rosenbauer. I'm Ben George. We'll talk to you soon. The Complete Estate Planning Podcast is brought to you by the Rosenbauer Law Office, based in Westchester, Ohio, and serving the entire Cincinnati area. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Complete Estate Planning with Nick Rosenbauer to find us or visit CincinnatiEstatePlan.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Nick, and to learn more about protecting your family legacy. That's CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. 
This show is for informational purposes only and does not provide any legal advice. Information on this show may not constitute the most up-to-date legal information. Please do not act or refrain from acting based solely on anything you hear on this show. This show does not form any attorney-client relationship with the Rosenbauer Law Office, LLC. Please seek the counsel of a qualified attorney before addressing your own estate planning needs.